The angry mob surrounded L. Alex Wilton, shoving him around and shouting slurs. L. Alex Wilton was a peaceful, stoic man, so he calmly refused to run. He had run from white men only once before as a child during a KKK rally in Florida, and out of frustration with himself for not standing his ground, he vowed to never do so again. The mob, agitated by his coolness, started throwing punches and kicks. They knocked L. Alex Wilson to the ground and his hat off of his head, but he stood back up, dusted off his hat, recreased its brim, and kept onward. The beating continued, and eventually, a rioter struck a powerful blow on his head with a brick. Although he was later able to escape into his car, the brick proved to leave long-lasting damage. A year or so after the beating, L. Alex Wilson started to develop what appeared to be Parkinson's disease, likely as a result of his wounds, and he soon afterwards died on October 11th, 1960, at age 51. Jim and I ran. Uh, the photographer, we sort of got lost from him. He ran down down the street also. Uh, L. Alex Wilson. Uh, and this is another story. Uh, down in Leesburg, he had been confronted by the KKK on one occasion when he was teaching school down there, and he had run. And after that, uh, I think he felt shame of himself, and he decided that he would never run again in a situation like that. So he stayed back. You know, he just walked down, and they they beat him something awful. You know, they were striking him, they were kicking him, they were throwing stuff and hitting him. And uh, of course, his family—he died a couple of years later, and his family thought that some of the head damage he suffered there uh, was related to his death. L. Alex Wilson's suffering ended up being a grace for the nine students that allowed them to silently enter the school while the mob was distracted, officially desegregating Central High School. The day following the events of the school, newspapers nationwide featured front-page articles and pictures of L. Alex Wilson in Little Rock. He was the face of courage, drive, tenacity, stoicism, and fearlessness that would not run in the face of hate. If society can learn anything from L. Alex Wilson, it is that running from adversity and discomfort will get society nowhere. Great change only comes with great action and sacrifice. One does not necessarily need to sacrifice their body for the cause, but one must sacrifice their peace and complacency if they ever hope to see this country function as a genuine whole. If L. Alex Wilson, my grandfather, was still alive today, he would surely agree. Good afternoon, all the people tuning in. We thank you guys for tuning in with us with another installment of Reclaiming the Legacy. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, today, uh, as we start out, 
a little bit on a different note, a little bit more serious today about the challenges and the road ahead. But there's so much hope. We're so happy today. And we're going to come back with part two of building a billion dollar producer. And the subtopic of today's show is the mental fortitude for the journey ahead. We got none other than our senior vice president, Mr. Nick Goucher. Nick, how you doing, brother? My brother, this was going to be good. It's going to be good. Cause Absolutely. Because you, you just you just set me off with L. Alex Wilson. Yes. So yes. so so this is this is going. Oh man! If if they came to get fired up, they came to the right place today, brother. I Absolutely. 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 And we're gonna jump right in it, man. Because last last time, if you're gonna have to go back and look at the last show, if you didn't catch part one of building a billion dollar producer, um, you know. Nick, philanthropist, community activist, father, husband, all of that other good stuff. So we'll run out the accolades, but you got to go back and check the last episode to bring yourself up to speed. So, Nick, we're going to jump right in it, man. Um, the mental fortitude for the journey ahead, starting out with our brother and a pioneer in our culture, Mr. L. Alex Wilson. There was one thing that stuck out to me when we listened to the clip and it said with great change comes great action and sacrifice. So when I think about great change and the, and the mantle that we are picking up to carry a legacy home loans, that there's a, there's a, there's a, a big piece of great action and great, great sacrifice that comes along with that brother. Um, so I need to hear from you, man. When we talk about that, that small clip of great change comes from great action and sacrifice. What does that mean to you, Nick? Duty. 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 What's happening right now, brother, is in divine order. If, um, most people I think who here, these are probably believers of Christ. And if you think about duty, you go and look at, I'm going I'm to take you somewhere for a second. Let's go. You go back and you look at uh, Genesis chapter 15. Abraham has left his father's home. God promised him he would bless his descendants and make him a great nation. Chapter 15, book of Genesis God, who promised Abraham and his descendants great wealth for many, many years, he put him into a deep sleep. And you guys go look at you go look at scripture. And God told Abraham, He said, "Know for certain, your descendants will go to a land not of their own, to a language they will not speak. They will be enslaved for four hundred years. But just know, but just know, this is God's promise." I will punish those who enslaved you and your people will come out with great wealth. Amen. Duty. Because every generation has a duty for the one that's coming after it. And so when I think about Brother Wilson, 
it's so powerful. I bring it over to legacy because if you look at that story, that story was documented from his grandson. And it was made because for that man, 1960s, where now he's able to finally vote, states cannot take away his right to vote, but they are not uh, held by law to protect his right to vote, which means that they allowed a mob to beat and brutalize that man to try to, to try to stop him from making progress. Go back and watch that video. Brother, I've watched that video in my lifetime at least 150 times. Right. Because the pride that that man has with his hat, they hit that man when his hat came off, he walked back to pick his hat back up and he put it back on his crown. That's right. That's right. He didn't run and it angered them because they couldn't get through to him because mm-hmm. he was going to make progress. And that man died within a year from that. But between that, they asked him why he did it. They asked him, why did you do it? And he said, so my grandson won't have to. Sacrifice. That is duty. That's right. So when I think about legacy home loans, I think about duty because now that area of wealth is the last milestone. It's taken us so many years to get free. So it's taken us years to get our civil rights. But we're not free unless we have access to capital and wealth. Because in a country, in a country, brother, without capital, you are not having a seat at the table. You are on the freaking menu. That's right. Let me say it to you guys again. If you don't have access to wealth, there is no seat at the freaking table. You are the one on the menu. So duty. And when you think about the fact that home ownership is the primary vehicle that creates a starter for wealth in this country, I think about legacy home loans. I think about duty. Absolutely. Absolutely. There was another piece in that, in that same clip where he was putting his hat back on and it then talked about the sacrifice that L. Alex Wilson made that gave grace for the kids to get into the school because it was a level of distraction and the anger and the hostility was pointed in a different direction that allowed those children to get into that school safely. So not only did he do it for his grandchildren, he also did it for the people that were standing right there, ready to occupy the blessing and ready to occupy the next chapter of the journey. So as we go into the tips and the trick, you know, you come on, hey, come on, baby. <laughs> so now as we talk about that, last time our show was really around mindset, right? How we have to change certain things where it all starts with the mind, how you think and what you do and, and the, 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 the residual effects of your mindset. So now that we get past that part and your mindset is there, it's about the journey because we get weary. You know, the Bible also talks about not getting weary and doing good. And it's a good work, a great work that we're attached to, that we're assigned to at this very moment. Yes, sir. Um, 
But there are some times that as humans, we get weary on this journey. Hmm. So when you talk about that weariness, what is the key, the number one key, because we're going to break out a few, but the number one key to finding that passion, that drive inside of you to keep going. Um, what have you done? Uh, what do you do on a daily basis that keeps you pushing, uh, knowing that we have a, a, a major assignment ahead of us with legacy home loans, with what we're trying to do with closing the gap? I'll show you. There we go. I need you to, I need you to mail me one of those jackets too. Oh, okay, you like this? It's too yeah, fire, yeah. huh? Yeah, it's fire. fire. Yeah. So, so I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna show you something for a second. So, so one, um, I think what's really important to understand is, um, the strategies for success are tried and true and they've been around for over a hundred years. Okay. Nothing that to be recreated. Mm-hmm. One of the, the biggest keys, Todd, and you might appreciate this, Big Dog, because this, this journey is difficult. And sometimes the hardest thing to do is to stay on target as to your why. Why mm-hmm. am I doing this? Right? There are times as a human, right? And you and I talk as brothers. Right. There are times that I might not have it at that moment because I'm having a real human emotion. You know what? I don't want to do this anymore. That goes right. through all of our minds because it feels so hard sometimes. One thing that has been tried and true is to be able to visualize your why as a reminder to keep you going. So for me, I'll give you an example. One thing that I look at every single morning. Right. See that right there? Nephew. See that right there? <laughs> yes, you see sir. my son? Yeah. See my son? My, uh, and I've been doing this for years. I think I told you this maybe too, but when I started off in sales years ago, it's so 2010, my class that I was in, my mortgage class, there were, there were eight LOs in that class. And my branch manager, Todd, told me mm-hmm. I'm the worst one. He said I was the worst one in the entire class. He said, I wouldn't make it in this business. Wow. But I'll tell you, that was 12 years ago, 13 years ago. But, but I would, I would, I would tell you, if your why is big enough, God will lead you to your purpose. If Mm. you can, if you can, if you can endure through determination and resilience. So anybody who achieves mighty missions, they got big whys. And I'll tell you that for me at that time, I had a daughter, Alexis, and Lexi is now 15. Right. She was only four at that time. And Todd, I grew up having limited resources. I grew up with a mom, my G, who worked two jobs, sometimes three. And I was walking my brother to school at nine, 10 years old because she was working night shifts just to pay for the rent. When you know that kind of story, you say, I never want to go through that again my own self and my own life. And so I recall at that time, I got my son now, but I had a picture of my, of my daughter when she was in kindergarten. She's now in 10th grade. Right, right. She was in kindergarten and she was right there, right? And, and I went now and I put it right under the words, the words I will put there, Todd, the right. words that I, the words that I put there under her picture was, do it for me, daddy. That's do it for me, daddy. It's just those simple reminders, right? So when you fall, you know why you get back up again. And every person who's achieved anything monumental has had a failure, has had a setback, 
but it's that resilience and persistency that drives you to endure to the finish line. And so when I think about myself and most people, like even you and I talked, remember a year ago, I knew that taking a wife to, you know, Greece and Santorini was a, was a, was a goal for yours, right? right? If I know as my brother what's inside of you, I can pull it out of you, but I must first know that it exists. And so being able to find people's wives, right? Now, if I'm pushing as my brother or I got Terence here, right? And if I'm pushing you to your greatness, sometimes if I don't remind you on the why, you might take it personal. Because sometimes as a human being, you might, you might have a bad day. So I could come at you the wrong way sometimes and you're not ready to hear that. But if I bring it back to your daughter, bring it back to your why, it's the common thread that brings it all together. Right. And so when I think about some of the things that I do that we've all done over time is I keep my why very close to me. Allows me to endure. That's powerful, brother. That's powerful. And then, and, and then the do it for me, daddy thing. Come on, man. I know there was some times that you wanted to quit, but I'm a girl dad too, man. You know, Come you already know. Um, every single time. But I think yeah. about that, bro. Like even for you, like I just, you know, people say it all the time, right? Like if a wealth, if, if you don't come from a wealthy family, a wealthy family must come from you. Absolutely. Bro, listen, everybody has had somebody who took the challenge mm-hmm. for their legacy. Right. Right. So life has always come down to one thing, T choice. Mm. You get to choose. Right. What life you want to live and God has given you the power. He's given you and me the God gene, the raw DNA there as black people. He's given us the power. But we tend to give our choice away like we don't have any. And it's the Mm -hmm. farthest thing from the truth. When you have choice and you have conviction with your why, you can do, you can be anything. I want to stay there for a second, man, with choice. Um, I I really love uh, the choice, a word that you use right there uh, with the choice that we make. We know that... uh, that success is made up of a bunch of very small decisions daily that push you forward. I would beg to say that sometimes that why drags you forward when you don't want to move, right? Um, but the choice in that, uh, I want you to unpack that a little bit more where you're talking about that choice. And also, that's a seesaw. You know, that's a very thin line sometimes when you're trying to figure out what choice to make, you know, because um, you can then sometimes listen to the wrong voice. So talk about when you as a leader, when you were faced with awkward times where you have to speak to the choice that you see as far as potential and the people that are around you that look to you for leadership. And part two of that is when you have to make a hard choice as a leader, what is the filter that it goes through on how you execute that hard choice, knowing that it may affect somebody that you have a bond with or relationship with somebody that you've grown to love or value or respect uh, that choice. So those are the two questions that I have there. 
Wow. Okay. Okay. Good. By the way, I'm gonna I'm gonna put this out there right now. Mm. I, I, we're gonna see Ty one day out on MSNBC. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna, we're gonna see him on CNN one day. <laughs> maybe on maybe on BET. <laughs> I, my, my my guy is getting my guy. Hey, you're getting really good. I'm serious, brother. That's you, why I you, love. Know, That's you know I'm hood, man. I'll be on Revolt or something, bro. You know, <laughs> you know what, Revolt? I like it. I like Revolt. <laughs> um, no, those are good. So I think two things. Uh, one is, um, and there's a and there's and there's books on this by Napoleon Hill, uh, Dale Carnegie. Dale Carnegie wrote this book a hundred years ago. Okay, about these principles to success. And so, one, I want to tell people that. When you just decide and you make a choice, life gets easier. Robin Green, Robert Green has an actual book called The Laws of Human Nature. Okay. So I'm telling the group right now, I know sometimes choice seems difficult, but not when you're clear on where you have to go and you go that direction and just keep going. Okay. I think, I think, I think sometimes, Todd, we tend to, to make life to be more complex than it is. Right. You just decide. I'll give you an example. Okay. Um, when I was 26, 13 years ago now, I said that, you know what? For me, I wanted to be a millionaire. That's what I said. So I want to be a millionaire before I turned 40. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's so what I, so what I did was, why does that matter to me? So I had to go plus up. Why does that matter to me? Right. What impact would it have on my life? How could I bless more people? Am I willing to pay the price to do it? Am I willing to prioritize that choice above all else? And see, if you do that, you write down the why, you make it clear, mm-hmm. make it, you, you make it plain and you watch it and you keep it close to you every single day. So I did that every single day, Todd, for 12 right. years, for 12 years. My wife, she would make me lunch on Sundays. Right. She would write a notepad on my lunch and say today. She, she, would, she would say um, she would say we're one day closer to being millionaires. When I walk into my bathroom, she would say, good morning, Mr. Millionaire. And I will walk into my closet to get my clothes. I am a millionaire. When I will go to sleep, I listen to Earl Nightingale talk about being a millionaire. Mm-hmm. Right. And you know what happened? I became a freaking millionaire. That's right. Right. Now, granted, there's a lot in between how on, on how we get there, right? right? But the point is choice. Must make a choice. That's number that's number one. So it's not that difficult when you're clear. I think sometimes to get clarity, because what voice do you listen to is right. why you must sit with your own thoughts. That's so you good. can so you can get clear on the voice within that's mm-hmm. guiding you. Why must I do this? Why does it matter? What impact does it have? And once you have clarity, Brother T, right. nothing is going to stop you come hell or hot water. Mm-hmm. I got to a point, my G, where there was nothing you could do to beat me. There was a point in time, Todd, when I was in this actual marketplace, when I was loan officer at that time, mm-hmm. people knew that if Nick Gouche put an offer, if my buyer put an actual offer, I promise that at least more than five times. They would say, wait, who put the offer in? Oh, Nick Gouche? You got to go find him property. Own the market. That's right. See, you weren't going to beat me. It's as simple as that. Because I made a choice. You make that choice, life becomes easy. And the universe tends to conspire around for you. 
The same thing, really quick. Kobe Bryant said the same exact thing. He said, when I knew what I wanted, the world became my playground. And it bent to my will. These are laws of human nature that already exist. Most of us don't have the clarity on what we want, or we're not willing to pay the price for our choices. Very important reference. But but number two, uh, decisions. Because now we're in a position right now where what I do impacts 50 people. And they all have families. So these decisions impact maybe 200 people. Right. Right. And then you might have a, a nonprofit that you support that depends on you. So it can impact a thousand people. So your choices have to matter. And so I think to tell you uh, how how we do that, I think that the, the best thing to do before you make a choice is uh, I think it's important that you have counsel around you. Really important because you don't want to make choices within a vacuum. And so right. I think that for me, I had the pleasure of having, you know, people like Ben, right, who who has more wisdom than all of us. Can. Ben's probably forgotten more than we know in our lifetime. He's done it for so long, right? And so being able to really think through how does this choice impact me, but how does it impact my assignment? This is really important because there are some times that you got to make a choice to impact people because it's best for the assignment. Yes. That's really, really, really important, big dog. That's really important. Um, because I think challenges are with people within, for example, legacy home loans. There's a, there's a, hold on. Can you guys still see me? Am I oh, good? Yeah. yeah, we got you. Um, I think, the, I think the challenge is that when you deal with people and it's personal, you love these people. They become your family. And so tough choices sometimes have to be made for the purpose of the assignment and what God made for you, right? Because each of us, once you have clarity and you're walking in God's vision, mm-hmm. you must see through the assignment. That right. is your why, that is your gift. But sometimes it impacts people. And so I think with that, when I tend to do, uh, brother, when I go through my thought process, I, I do a couple of things. One is there is this concept called um, the law of the man at 80, Okay. Yeah, unpack that a little bit. You said the law of the man at 80? Correct. Okay. Okay. So so this principle looks at you and says, okay, if you can, if you can close your eyes, like there's so, I did this, uh, some years ago when my, when my, when my grandmother was uh, getting a bit older and she ended up, we ended up going to, um, to a citizen's place to go look, to go look around to see if she, if, if she should go. And if you want to get inspired about life, you go talk to people who are at the later years of their life, and they'll tell you about the regret that they made. If they could go back, they would do certain things. Right. And so you try to look at yourself now as still uh, a young man. You say, okay, how do I think I would feel at 80 making this decision? Would I have had a regret? Would I have done the very best that I could? Did I pray about it? Did I seek wise counsel? Did I do all that I could so at 80, I can really tell myself, Todd, you and I are going to be there one day having a, a cigar, you know, know talking, talking about life, right? And you're going to ask me, Nick, any regrets? And I want to say, you know what? I did the very best that I could. I was humble. I didn't make decisions through ego. I made it with clarity. I tried to seek wise counsel. I prayed about it. I, I went through the pros and cons about it, and I arrived to my decision. And so this is called the Benjamin Franklin Checklist. 
Benjamin Franklin wrote a book about this and how he makes decisions. It's mm-hmm. called a checklist. When you go through these series of questions, and once you get there and you have peace about it, you move forward and you do it. Absolutely, man. I, I'm, I'm gonna need, uh, I'm gonna need you to go ahead and email that Benjamin Franklin checklist to everybody that's on the call right now. I think we all inspired by that, uh, at this very moment. But, but listen, uh, the, the, the 80, the law of a man at 80, you know, one of my favorite songs, man, and I'm, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure you're gonna, you're gonna like this is, uh, the Jay-Z song called Regrets. Every, every line, every word in the song. Is true life. You got to learn to live sometimes with regret, right? Because you've, you've measured that thing 10 times and cut once, you know, but sometimes it's just a part of the process that there's going to be some collateral damage in whatever that decision is. You can do the best that you can, but you're not perfect. You're, we're not God, 100%. right? But we're, we're being led in the spirit by the things that we're trying to do and the, and the assignment that we've been called to. Uh, the truth of the matter is that sometimes everybody that comes with you can't go with you, unfortunately. Um, but a lot of times what I've found in trying to, to drag, and I'm, this is just an example. And, uh, we're trying to maybe drag somebody that that season was over is you wind up spending more time pouring into a cup that wasn't designed for you to pour into anymore. You've done the thing that you could do. It's now a part of their assignment to now finish that part of the journey that's for them. And sometimes you have to part ways, but it doesn't mean that you're not going to stay connected. It just may mean for this season, this leg of the journey, things may have to change a little bit. So, um, you know, with that being said, I want to bring it back really quick to, to, uh, your willingness to pay the price. Um, cause you know, and granted y'all, I'm, I, you know, I know you guys are listening, but you know, this is such a, such a segue in from last week, uh, last part one. I mean, you guys gonna have to go grab that. But when we talk about the willingness to pay the price, Nick, um, and you look back over some of the people that said certain things like you're not going to make it in this business. Now look at you today. Some of the things that were spoken, some of the things that were said, some of the personal uh costs that you had to count. And some prices, sometimes it's something that you don't even know that you got to pay for because you can't you don't know every every toll road that you're going down. Sometimes you're going too fast and, hey, you got to pay on the fly. You got to pivot. Right. So when you think about, you know, some of the things that you've done up until this point and also where we're going now, um. Are you willing to pay the price? It's a question that every day you have to answer. Mm-hmm. That's good. Every, every day requires an answer because you must wake up and decide to do it again. Right. And again and again. And, uh, I would, I would, I would tell you, brother, that, um, if there's something that you want to do that is important, mm-hmm. you got to do it. Period. You got to, you got to do it. You got to do it because I think ultimately, man, well, I think, I think what happens and again, it kind of goes back to, uh, you know, Moses. It goes back to Daniel in the, in the lion's den. It goes back to Abraham. It, you kind of get, to, it goes back to Jesus in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights. It's, right. it's like there's a time when faith taught, pulls you so far away. It feels like that many times when you go on a big assignment, 
God, almost like the same way he did Job, he takes you all the way Mm. to out your comfort zone. He takes you all the way to where you you feel like, God, I got no more. Just so when you achieve it, he can say it's because of me. Come on, man. You got you, you gotta you gotta you gotta give it to me. Right. And so and so brother, and so and so I think that I think with that, I think that big picture, when God gives you an assignment, brother, and you have the courage to believe and, and every day is a walk of faith. Right. Every single day. But it's, but, but it's like but it's like taught like every day your faith gets stronger and it gets bigger. And yes, Kenny, it becomes like your armor, right? Where you have a covering over your life. And if people decided to believe more and trust God more and they moved in faith, right? You gotta still be practical. You gotta be pragmatic. You gotta still weigh all the pros and cons. It can't just be faith by itself because faith without works, you know how that works, right? right. But ultimately, you say to yourself, I just talked, we just talked about, um, brother L. Alex Wilson, right? Right. Okay. Is it important for me? Go here. Is is it important for me? And so my son and for my nieces, for your daughters, right? To to know that we did our part so they can look back and say, you know what? Remember, God's divine order is wealth for the black community. That's his Mm -hmm. promise in the book of Genesis. So a few people he's going to call for the assignment of the moment. Alex, it was for he gave his life just to go vote, to walk that path, right, for progress. Mm-hmm. And it was somebody else, then somebody else. Now, here we are, this next version of God's promise. So the question is not, are we going to pay the price? The answer is, not only is it yes, not only is it yes, that's right. but God's already promised the outcome. So you and I must have the courage, we must have the will, we must have the power together to do this work, and so God's mission can be filled. And if we do that, we've done our jobs. That's right. That's right. I almost want to go ahead and- I'm so pumped right now, man. man. Come on, man. Hey, come on, man. Come on, baby. Let's get it, baby. Come on, man. (laughs) They're not man, ready, too hype right now. I'm They're too hype ready, right baby. now, T. Hey, purpose, man. Purpose. You know, purpose. you, you, uh, you, we, we, we say this all the time that in a, in a moment of pure honesty in, in a, in an exchange that we had as a group a little over a year ago. And today is my two year anniversary at Legacy Home Loans. Just so you know, um, we talked about that if we don't do this now, that it will take another 40, 50 years for somebody to get back in the position to do it. Yes, sir. Right. And when we they look at the market conditions and we understand that rates are high, that everything that you see on the news is doom and gloom and it's, 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 it's pushing, uh, fear. Right. But the one thing that we know, you know and I want to get your thoughts on this. Is that there are more billionaires made in down markets because people have, you got to follow the money because when everything is on sale in a down market, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. You know, if you're doing stocks, if you're on crypto, if you're on 
whatever it is, don't you want to buy it when it's on sale? Because you can buy more, right? But yep. most of the time, everything that you hear, propaganda, media, everything is pushing people to run away so that the people that have the courage to put their money in what they believe and put their resources in what they believe, they wind up reaping a much bigger harvest because it was not popular to do it at the time. And that leads us to such a time as this. It is not easy to do what we're doing here at Legacy Home Loans. So when you talk about uh the assignment, there is no other time, man. So talk to me about the next the next leg of this journey and, and, and what it is that you have on your mind that needs to be implemented right now. Because it's time for us to speak more. About this. Yes, sir. No, that's good, man. So here's what we're doing. Here's here's what I'm thinking about for the future. Um, I think number one, to give you some context, when the when the market goes through a recession like this, it has a way of cleansing the marketplace. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Every recession since 1873, there's a cleanse. People who were there was the railroad business, there was in stocks in the 1920s. If it was in manufacturing in the 70s, there was in the dot-com in the 2000s, if it was in the banking industry today, everybody, every bank, every person, uh, this is the, maybe the biggest thing as we go forward is whoever is the most disciplined is who right. wins. Okay. Okay. That's good. Very, very clear with this, brother. There are people right now for the last two or three years we're in, we're in this business last five years last 10 years mm -hmm. rates have been so low historically you did not have to be good to make money in this business you just had to be here and just show up true that was the market between um 2016 and now and that was a market between 03 and and 07 okay what I'm thinking about right now is as the market cleanses itself, less people, they leave the business, mm -hmm. which means that there's always a few people who grab more market share and down market. Same thing for stocks. Right. Stocks go down, they buy more of them. When there are clients, they get more of them mm -hmm. when they're disciplined. And so I'm really thinking about legacy home loans as a vision to build a sales force that is the most disciplined, that is the most focused than any other sales force in the country. Because if you can build a sales force where people have discipline, see, mm -hmm. where they can focus on building legendary days because your life is based on having a phenomenal day, crushing your goal of the day, Achieving your outcome for prospecting that day. If you right. do that, then you have a great week and a mm -hmm. great month and there a great go. year. Most people have these ebb and flows. If you're in sales, people have really, really good months than slow months. Really, really good two years and no years. No, no, no. Let's have a great life. Right. And so I'm thinking about building tremendous leaders within legacy home loans. And so what I'm thinking about for us going forward is this. Here's what, here's what we know, which is why I think it's so important. 
Um, there's data uh, on this too. Goes back 50 years. Uh, we know that African Americans, as a consumer, are the most brand loyal of of of, of any ethnic group in the country. Survey on 2018 said that African Americans were 44 percent more likely than any other ethnic group to refer a product to friends and family when they felt they were treated fairly, mm-hmm. when they got a great experience, and they felt like the person really cared about them. A real connection. But then you also know that the black community, there's a big push. There's a, there's a, there's a phenomenal push in starting to support a black ecosystem working together. Right. But what they haven't found yet is professional black financial institutions at scale. You might see them across the cities, but to find a national company mm-hmm. that said, when I go to legacy home loans, I'm getting a great product, a great service. Great professionals. These people don't want to just put me into a home. They want me to build wealth through home ownership. That's a different thought process. I said this to you guys, you know, last time too. If you think about this, uh, the black community in 2008, we lost 50%. We lost, we lost 50 cents to every dollar because of loss of foreclosure of our homes. Because the banks that you approved to buy this property and they just bought it. They didn't teach them about the importance of budget, of mm-hmm. credit. Knowing what they needed when they owned an actual home to build sustainable home ownership, my brother. Sustainable. If you can do that for somebody, forget the transaction, T. You mm-hmm. have their loyalty. And if, and if you want to grow a brand that's exponential, you do it on referrals, not on monetization. If I were to go right now and say, T, we're going to go and do um, a social media strategy, right? I have right. to look at what it costs me to acquire every customer. But if you have a referral base, it costs you nothing to get referrals. So it means your cost to acquire the business goes a whole lot lower. Revenue goes up. Business explodes. Mm-hmm. So we are going to build the company that when they see us, they see greatness. It's not some slogan. It's the way of life. A legacy home loans. So we're going to build the kind of standard that when you come here, you are the best mortgage professional, black, white, Hispanic. I was on this, I think to, um, I think I was on this to Samantha earlier. Next year, we're going to start going to these conferences. Mm-hmm. 18, 17 beautiful black people in our purples at these conferences. That's right. They're gonna be like, they're gonna be like, oh, that's legacy home loans. Right. And, it, and but it won't, but it won't just be the jacket. It'll be mm-hmm. a symbol of what the jacket means. That's right. You got me. It means the people at legacy home loans, they know their business. They know their craft. These are business men and women who know how to do well and be good at the same exact time. Mm-hmm. That's America's black bankers right there. That's what they'll say in the next twelve months. And so when we have that, brother. I think we can really achieve Ben's vision of the premier lender in Black America. I love it. I love it. I'm 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 inspired, brother. I'm inspired. You know, you know how I'm, I'm too. you know I'm locked in. Um, you know, and and you know, I I I looked up, man, and goodness, like every time, man, we we started to get close to <laughs> we gotta start landing the plane at some point, right? <laughs> it's like it's like we forget everybody else is here. We just have a dialogue between you and I. Um but but 
as we talk about the millionaire and we talk about some of the things that we do at scale, I know that you spent a lot of time. And this is kind of the last place I want to kind of end at. Sure. Is you spent a lot of time uh researching uh, a brother named A.G. Gaspin and some of the things that he's had. Also, the success as well as the challenges and the pitfalls and the failures and how we ended. And I know that we have to pick a lot of, uh I'll say, the highs to and avoid the pitfalls. There's always, you know, you can always look back and 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 hindsight is twenty twenty. So if you actually do the research of things that have been done prior to, you can extract the lesson and the blessing out of it without having to experience the pain, right? Mm-hmm. So when we talk about the level and and a lot of things that you've done with researching Ag Gaston and you coming becoming a millionaire yourself, leading millionaires to be. Right. What are some what are three points that you've picked up from A.G. Gaston that's in your heart? Nothing you got to actually grab, look, read. I know it's here. Three points. And we're going to get ready to get out of here on that. From Brother A.G. Gaston? From a, from 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 your research of A.G. Gaston, what he accomplished and how that's going to affect and help us accomplish the next leg of this journey. Yeah, no, that's that's actually good, man. And I do I, I do got to cheat because uh, in his uh in his book, The Black Titan, he actually has his ten point plan in there, so he kind of gives you what to think about like those ten. But right, I tell right. you, but I tell you the ones that stick out uh to me. What I just said to you um right now, um one of his top ten that stuck out to me was if you serve the customer, they will serve you. That's the first thing. That's the first thing stuck out. That's why I just said what I said. Now that's some Ag Gaston. Right. Okay. You've heard me say, you know, he who serves best profits the most. But it came from A.G. Gaston saying, if you serve your customer base, that they'll serve you. What does that what does that mean? If, if you can build products and services that they need, that they care about, they would not only take that product and be proud that you're the person who actually made it. They'll right. feel like they were a part of making it and they'll tell everybody else that you helped make it. They'll help grow your business for you. That's number, yes. that, that's number, that's number one. Uh, number two, another thing that he says to me that really sticks out too is he says, never forget the little guy. Mm. Never forget the little guy, which means that as we grow, right, we tend to forget about our humble beginnings, right? Never, which essentially means like keep your ego in check. I think that's really important to reference, bro, because when you start having success, especially when you don't come from wealth, that's right. Good. And what tends to happen is that you might be like the best one in your group who really got it. And so you have a way of starting to fool yourself a little bit. I've been there, bro. That's how it happens sometimes. Right. But then you get around. But then going back to, you know, B, while well, I love Ben uh, for many reasons. But one thing that he told me uh, when I first when he first offered me the opportunity to be his partner, he said, listen, if you're coming here, you're coming to serve. You said the higher you go, the higher you're called to serve. Which is so true, man, because when you're in sales, it's about you, your confidence, your ego, your brand, your swag. But for me, Todd and mm-hmm. Terencia and Brandy's, Venus and Neff, you're leaders. And so for me to be of service of the leaders is how A.G. Gaston said, never forget about this little guy, where you come from. And if you always keep that in mind, you're going to be able to help attract other leaders to come work with you. So I think that's really, really important, man. Uh, number two, um, and um, what I love about Ag Gaston too, man, is um, 
Here's a man who built a $130 million net worth in the 60s. And in the first chapter in his book, um, his uh, niece, who actually helped write the book, actually his granddaughter, this is a third thing. Going back to, again, our level of the bar going forward at Legacy Home Loans, our, our standard, that's from A.G. Gaston, too. His granddaughter said that when you walked around A.G. Gaston, you felt taller. Mm. That's good. Because he only accepted one way, and that was excellent. That was the bar. That's why I said, see, if you can make a choice, you know, I'm going to be the best person in this market. That's your choice that you had to live with, and you got to own that. And A.G. Gaston said that when you walk around him, you must be great. You must show up. That's not no Instagram post, dog. That's that's not no book you read. That's a that's a life practice. Right. And what happens is this: when you do that, people like yourself, like the Terencias, like the Neps, like the Defenas, because you already great yourself. But when somebody has to, when somebody pulls up and goes with you, it makes it easier for you to get there together. And so when I think about AG Gas and those three things come to mind. And that's beautiful. That's beautiful, man. And and as we get ready to kind of wrap it up, I want to take a quick second and open it up to anybody that may have a quick question for Mr. Nick Goucher. Uh, Ms. Yolanda, I don't know whether you have a, a, a question or anything, anybody that may have anything to add, any question, make sure we answer that. Because uh, it sounds like we're going to have to come back with maybe a part three or a checkup, maybe in the early part of the year to show what we did. We're not about talking. We're about action over here. So we're going to have to come back with a part three that has documented the success of what you're talking about right now. So um I'll, I'll give it just a few seconds to see if I got anything in the chat or anything. Matter of fact, if you if you guys are tuning in with us, man, throw us something in the chat. Throw us a fire emoji. Give us uh, give us some kind of energy, man. Me and Nick, like we. We we go off of we go off of energy. We feed That's off a fact. Energy. That's a fact. Terence, you better say something. <laughs> Brandon, yeah. what's up? Go ahead. All right, there go we go. Ahead. I'm starting to see some stuff now. Um, let me see. Let me is is Brandy's hands up? Yeah. Um trying to see. Brandy, can you come off mute? You you have as Okay. Am I on mute now? What's up, baby? Nah, I can hear you. Well, I just want to let you guys know I am Brandy Lily. I am new to the team. And I am so happy and inspired by you guys. Everything that you spoke about is just another uh, step in me that telling me God told me to come this way because everything that you spoke about tonight about leaving something that I was comfortable, you know, sometimes we got to get uncomfortable, you know, and I was, it's a place where I love my manager. I love everything about it, but I feel what we're trying to do and I want to be a part of this legacy. So I am ready to go forth and just get it and go. And I'm and Mr. Ben and Nick. Thank you guys for even coming for us because we are we are ready. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> That's right. Let's go. Right. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome, Brandy. Welcome, Queen. I know yes. you're finna kill it. No, you finna kill it. Come on, um, man. Oh, this is fantastic, man. I got a I got a question in the chat too. Um, how do you talk to people about living within their means instead of overbuying like people did before the 2008 crash? Yeah, no, nah, that's what, uh, homeowners or just people in general? What are you thinking? Let's break it down twice. Let's do people in general and homeowners. Um, 
Again, see, uh, some of my life principles is I like to make life, I like things to be very easily understood. Clarity. Okay. Look, you got, you got two choices. This kind of practice will, 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 will lead you to nothing. This practice, you're going to be able to build wealth and have a, and have a great life over time. Which one do you want? Just be very clear on what you want. Matter of fact, you know what, bro? If you actually ask people, T, honestly, like if you, if, if you, you know, started because you had this equity, you got this cash, you had a really good two years. I said, listen, at the rate that you're going, you're going to run out of cash in 10 years. You're going to have nothing. Is that mm-hmm. what you want? Yes or no? Because if you want that, then you keep doing what you're doing. But if you want something different, if you really want wealth, if you really want freedom, if you really want to get your time back, because wealth is measured not in dollars, but in time. And mm-hmm. money is simply a resource to give you back time to do the things that you love to do. And, and if you gave people that kind of context, Todd, as mm-hmm. to what they're doing and what it, because most people only have a, a weekend mentality. They don't think beyond the next week. Right. And if, if you ask them a larger question, brother, I'll give you a quick uh, example. I was on a, um, I was doing a webinar yesterday, home buying workshop. And I was asking the group, you know, if they wanted to own and why they wanted to own and they they wanted it to own and they wanted to build wealth. I said, not only is buying a home about building wealth, but you understand that if you own a home, your kids are three times as likely to own a home themselves. Mm-hmm. That's good. They just like mic drop right there. Right. What I'm saying is that your actions are being looked at by somebody. And so I think if you just had a very practical conversation with people and say, look, man, at this pace of money that's coming in, what's going out, you're going to be out of money in nine months. Right. Okay. Do you want that? If you can empower people, my whole life's goal is to empower people to make choices because people are very smart people. They don't have the right framework to make choices. If you give them the right framework, they'll make good choices, number one. Um, and to your point too, man, like I've been doing this for so long, like I'll look at my clients, you know, as a loan officer, you can see their finances, their bank accounts, their incoming, their outgoing, their deposits, their, their actual withdrawals. But I think if you keep life simple and then last thing to one more context, um, one of the, one of the biggest, um, hedge funds in this country is black Knight. And now I read an article on the CEO of Black Knight who actually went to he, he went to the University of Michigan for his Ph.D. program. And he said that he ended up leaving the program because they tried to make economics seem too difficult. But he said they made it difficult to think that you had to be so smart to understand how finance works. It's almost right. a way to keep it limited to only a few people. That's why he got out the actual game. And so if you want if you can talk plain language to people. Help them see how the choices have outcomes and impacts. They'll tend to be smarter and make it today's choices. And so I think if you can put the onus on people, make them feel it, make them see it, they'll decide for themselves. That's good. That's great. That's great. Uh, last question. Looks like I see Ms. Yolanda's hand up. Thank you very much. And I had a very lengthy question. I couldn't get in. However, one of the things that I wanted to wanted Nick to speak to was how to get people to think beyond where they are at the moment. And I was referring to some of the things that you were talking about in, in one of the comments that you made. So how do you get people to think beyond that? And how do you get people to think that it's their time 
It's their time. It's their appointed time. It's their assignment. How do you get people to do that? And in building teams, that's a critical part of building a team. How do you get people to understand that this is their time and they can do this? They can do this and they can get on that ride alongside you. You know what? Hearing her speak is like having like a glass, like a cup of tea. It's like hot and make you want to calm down. You're smooth. I just, yes, Michelanda, you're right about that. <laughs> no, yeah. uh, so uh, I'll tell you uh, uh, quickly. Um, I think, again, I'm, I'm going back to me at 26. One of the best things that I did was I hired a coach at that time named Ron Vandenberg, and he helped me with this. And because I couldn't remember at 26, I was, I had to, I moved in with my mom because I wasn't doing well in the business. I just, I wasn't where I was at today, but he helped me visualize who I could be. So he would ask me, who do you want to be? Write it down. Why do you Mm want to be that person? What impact would it have on your life? How would it impact your daughter? How would it impact your future? Does it really matter to you? When people start writing things down out of their mind and putting it on paper, they'll say, okay, I want you to take your phone and record yourself saying it. Record it. So I would say, I am Nick Goucher. I am going to be this. Why it matters. Then I would have to go to sleep in my earphones. I would hear myself speak to it. Do it again in the morning. And he would, every week, he would check in. Are you becoming? Are you becoming? Are you becoming? And that's how you begin to reprogram your mind and find a new way of believing. And when you believe it, you can become it. But you first have, but you first must have the belief first and then you can become it. Love it. Love it. Listen, Nick, as we get ready to get out of here, um, tell the people how they can find you and follow you on social pages and things of that nature, how they can get in contact with you. Yes, sir. Yeah. Now, uh, Instagram, social media platforms at Nick Goucher, America's Black Banker. You like that? America's Black Banker. No, I needed you to say that. That's dope. <laughs> you got IG and you can find it. But uh, team, man, this is amazing. Every time we do it, brother, I'm inspired to do it again. And I appreciate you challenging my thoughts because it helps me, you know, continue to kind of flesh out my own ideas. And so I love you and the whole entire platform. Thank you guys so much. Absolutely. And listen, as we get ready to get out of here, you've heard from nobody, no other than I was Senior Vice President of Legacy Home Loans, Mr. Nick Boucher. And this is part two of the mental fortitude for the journey ahead. And I want to leave you with this as we get ready to get out of here. Great change comes from great actions and sacrifice. Peace and blessings. This is T-Ty Simon, host of Reclaiming the Legacy. We'll see you next week. Thank you very much. Reclaiming the legacy and closing the gap right here on ICRN. This is the Legacy Series. Thank you for joining us. It has been a great, great evening and afternoon and show. Thank you for joining us, folks. Have a great weekend. Tomorrow is Veterans Day. Enjoy your day off. And we will be doing it again on Sunday. You have been listening to the Legacy Series, Closing the Gap with Legacy right here on itrnradio.com.